my mom passed away um, two years ago. And someone's legacy is so much more than them physically. It's, it's what people continue on and bring from them and what they have taught. It just continues. It continues. They continue. And so I, I know that in my home, she will continue and it will be a part of our life going forward. And she will continue to um, change me every day. Often the pain of losing a parent can leave people feeling lost and disoriented. And while my guest today has certainly grieved the death of her mother, the experience has also allowed her to refocus her life and goals. Ashley Sylvester is a talented makeup artist and business owner who says she truly owes it all to her mom. From instilling an independent spirit as a young girl to teaching lessons of hope and faith later in life. Today, Ashley is sharing with me how her mom's legacy continues to shape her path and push her forward. Welcome to Heart of the Home, a podcast exploring the personal histories that inspire our surroundings, candid conversations about the stories behind the pretty pictures, tales of design and renovations gone wrong and right, because a home isn't just a structure filled with themes, it's the people who live there. So join me as we explore the unique stories that help each of us find our way home. Ashley, I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited. I love and adore you. You know that. And I'm so grateful that you invited me. The feeling's mutual. We had to reschedule because the original (laughs) day that we were going to talk, we had like an epic snowstorm. It was like, for the first time, I feel like all year, it was yeah. late to the game. But yes, it all came at once. So now you're finally here. I'm here. And I'm excited. Okay, so for those people who aren't familiar with you and what you do and your brand, they're crazy. But explain <laughs> a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I have always been in the beauty space. I was young. My Bless my mother's heart. I uh, would wear a full face of Mary Kay in the second grade. So I have loved um, makeup, beauty, hair since I was as old as I can remember. And so I did hair school during high school, um, did cosmetology, hair color cuts for now it's been like 11 or 12 years. And let's see, eight years ago, I started doing hair and makeup professionally for weddings, events, things like that. And I had always wanted to enter into the product development space, and but I wanted it to be meaningful and intentional to what is important to me. And that took a minute to come to pass, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I slowly uh, started developing my company, Sly Beauty Cosmetics, which we do cosmetic accessory and organization. And it has been a wild ride for the last two years. We launched on January 19th, uh, 2019. Let's see, <laughs> two years ago. And uh, now I do all the things. I do a little bit of hair, a little bit of hair and makeup and my company and my husband thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. Your products have literally changed my daily makeup routine. I'm not just saying that. I mean, you know how much I love your products. I have you like too. five of them of the Everneed bag. Yeah. And she's, now you've... She's a rep. I am. <laughs> I love it so much. An I appreciate unpaid rep, it. But yes. seriously, I really do tell everyone I bought yeah. one for my best friend. Like, I just love them so much. So well done. Thank I you. feel like you have revolutionized makeup storage. Thank you. I yeah, I think for me personally, like when I was in the middle of trying to figure out what it was that I was trying to fix in the organization space, it 
it really just came down to the fact that when I would pack a suitcase, like half of the suitcase had to do with my head and getting my head ready (laughs) and the rest of it, the tiny little section left for the clothes. And so I was like, I got it. There's got to be a better way to go about this and get it all into one simple organized space so that I don't look like I'm just packing all the cosmetic things unnecessary. So it finally came as a whole piece. And I have been so overwhelmed and grateful by the response and people just being happy for me and such support. And I like you just you're so grateful every day for that. Well, I think it's because people love you so much. (laughs) I've had the pleasure of having you do my hair and makeup many times uh, for photo shoots and you're the best. Like I never feel prettier than when you're doing my hair and makeup. That's not hard, Jen. (laughs) Well, that's that's generous. (laughs) Um, Let's back up a little bit. I love, I've talked to you about this before, but I love you telling me about what kind of child you were (laughs) and the dynamic that, you know, of your household and, and your mom and let's start there. So tell me what about your house growing up. Okay. So, I mean, I'm the oldest of four and, um, I was a wild child. Like I wanted it the way that I wanted it right then, right there. And I, uh, ironically, I mean, I'm a lot like my dad. That's how we would, you know, as we've diagnosed my personality (laughs) over the years, I'm like, okay, I'm like my dad. I get that. But my, my cute mom was the opposite of this. And to preface this, I'm going to say was just because my mom passed away um, two years ago. And uh, she was an amazing woman. So we have all these fond memories and it's fantastic. But she uh, she was this very <laughs> calm, collected, not high maintenance, like m- throw some makeup on on a Sunday. Like we'd always joke like she wore Costco, like the best the best ever. Like I was always like, where'd you get that Costco? Of course you did. Of course you got that from Costco. <laughs> like so simple, like the simple woman. And she was amazing. And so when I arrived, she's like, what do I do with this wild child that wants to do her own hair and wants to do a full face of makeup you know, far younger than was acceptable back then? <laughs> and um, I think she just was uh, just didn't know what to do with me, which made for like, I mean, really the best stories now. But um, I just I I always like had this confidence when I was little that I didn't realize like I'm so grateful grateful for now that she gave me and allowed me to have because back I mean I'm not like I mean I'm 28 right so it's not like it was years ago but even that many years ago I think there was a little bit of judgment amongst parenting and allowing your kids to do certain things at certain ages more so than I feel like is accepted now where people are more self-expressive and accepting of that. And for my mom to allow me to like look like a hot mess when I thought I was looking like the best ever (laughs) Um, and allow me to to express myself in that way and to wear the makeup and all that and kind of receive quite the comments from whether it was teachers or other parents or, you know, colleagues. I think was like really big on her and she like instilled this amazing sense of like self-worth and confidence in myself that I needed much. Like I didn't know how much I needed was going to need that later. Um, And I'm just grateful for that. And so I feel like that started a long, great journey to figuring out what beauty meant for me personally. So it started young, I think. You, the way that you've described it, your mom really created like the ultimate home 
ideal environment mm-hmm. for you and your siblings to thrive. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think she, she, we were always raised off of choices, like our own choices. It was always our decisions. It was, it was A or B and you choose and that's your outcome. And it was never like a shame cycle. It was never, it was just like you choose and that comes with whatever outcome. Like it was like a very independent, like learning process for us. And I, now that I'm older and going to have kids thinking about having a family, I just so appreciate that because I don't think that that was as common I mean, just in my understanding then, and I think that took a little bit of courage on her part. And it really, I think I wouldn't have been the same person if she wouldn't have allowed me to make all those really (laughs) crazy, like not only like just with the hair and makeup, but just decisions, like just figuring, like living and learning by my, by my good decisions and bad decisions. So the way that you have described yourself as a child reminds me of a certain child in my household. Right. We all have (laughs) one. You know which child that is too. Uh, And I... Keep that in mind. I, I really, your stories that you've told me about the way that your mom raised you and, mm. you know, how she sort of let you have your own self-expression. Yes. Um, and so I really do try to keep that in the mind. The channel it because it's like, no, you will wear that bow, sweetie. I know. <laughs> like you want, you know, like, like we have to take all of our own, like relinquish the control. It's okay. It's totally. okay. But it's hard. It's so hard. Totally. And they're so <laughs> proud too when they pick out something they that they are like feeling fly, yeah. you know. And you're like, okay. One time sure. Anna put something together. And she came out and she was literally, she had copied my outfit that I was wearing. And I was like, you look like you're 16. And so she kept saying, (laughs) mommy, can you wash my 16 year old outfit? Right. I need to put my 16 year old outfit back on. You're like, I don't want that. I need you to be my cute little baby girl. I'm like, you are five. Um, But no, I, I also appreciate the way that you have described your, your parents' marriage Mm -hmm. and their relationship. Can you... I think this is such an important example to set for your children. Kind of talk about that a little bit. I was lucky enough to have a really great example of a very functioning marriage growing up. I know that that's not everyone's circumstance. And that's something that as a child, you don't have control in. Um, and And I also understand being married myself now, how not simple that statement is to just be like, oh, I just, I just have that marriage. And for my parents, I think that there was this ultimate sense of respect of, each other's um, good and bad traits and a lot of ebb and flow in those good and bad traits. Um, For example, like my dad is more headstrong and he is definitely opinionated. He's a little type A like me and uh, we like things a certain way, right? And my mom was by nature definitely more go with the flow. However, like she definitely had her own opinions and she decided like there were just a time and a place when she felt, you know, inspired to make those opinions known when necessary. And then when that happened, there was such a sense of respect from my dad for her opinion, because he knew that that was like when she decided to push against, you know, his type A, that it was important to her. And I I just like, I always saw that like, back and forth tug of like respect. And I think that that's realistic. Like, I don't think you're going to like, I think that sometimes when you're growing up, you think that it's just like bliss. And that's just, it's a lot of compromise. And it's a lot of, uh, yeah, I think it's that respect. I think it always goes back to that. And it's not, it's not agreeing all the time. It's kind of agreeing to disagreeing. And, and yeah, they just, I, I feel really grateful that I grew up in a house where I saw that realistic relationship and, uh, love. There was so much love in my home and it was required of me and my siblings. It was, it was, 
definitely <laughs> just part of our upbringing to love one another. And I, I appreciate that more so now than ever because my siblings are my favorite people that I, that I have in my life. So they're, I, they're, they're example of marriage I try to draw from as much as I can. You grew up in a beautiful home. Your dad owns a construction company. Yes, he does. I've actually worked with him on projects yes. before. <laughs> um, and his work is beautiful. Tell me about the feeling in yeah. your home. We just had, I don't know, such an incredible uh, feeling of like we wanted to be together. Like I remember we had a cabin when I was really young and I remember we we would spend like a good two to three weekends a month up there. And I remember being like a little like teenager and like being annoyed that I couldn't be with my friends every single weekend. But like looking back, those were my fondest memories of being just together. And the fact that my parents like really respected just our unit so much, it wasn't always that we had to have adult friends around or um you know, like it, it was just it was it was about us, the six of us. And I think that um, we live in such a social world, which I love. I am social, let me tell you. But I think that it's so easy to assume, like even for Zach and I, like just the two of us that um, we're always like, oh, should we invite a friend? Should, or, so we're going to go to dinner. Should we like have people come? Like it, there's such this social, like let's bring as many people around as possible. And I think there's absolutely a time and a place for that. However, I do think there's such a, um, I, I think having your unit and having relationships within that unit and just bonding together this the the small family that you are however many that is for for each family is so important and that was just like the feeling that I remember is just just having like those genuine relationships with my siblings that have continued like into adulthood which is so necessary because with my mom passing like me being the oldest it's I've stepped into a little bit of a of a no, I wouldn't even say a parental role I'm just like that that I am the big sister I have to do certain things in order to bring our family together and I have to those relationships that were instilled young stand strong they have to stand strong now because we are independent and we do have our own lives but they won't those relationships won't continue to exist if we don't work on that so I think that that was something that I drew from like in the feeling in our home and it was it was so I don't know I'm appreciative of it now so you you married your high school sweetheart. I did. Right? <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Just like, I, it's like one of those cliche things that you can't believe happens, but it does. So tell me about what those early years of marriage were like mm-hmm. and how you guys have, have sort of formed your own family unit. So, so Zach and I have been married seven years, just this past uh, February 20th. And, uh, I can't even believe it's been seven years. That's such a weird thing to say. But um, we, so I met my husband when I was 14 years old. We just met at a football game and I was dead in love with him because of course you're in love at 14. Of course. And, <laughs> and um, we, uh, you know, he asked me to be his girlfriend and I was like, absolutely. And it was very <laughs> serious. And we had to go to the gym you to hang out because, hands. yes. And we had to go to the gym <laughs> to hang out because, you know, uh, dad Troy was not about to let me hang out at the age of 14 with a boy. No, no. And so it was, yeah, we just laugh. Like we look back and those high school years were so fun. And then, um, we got married after my husband served a, a church mission for two years and we were young. I was 21. I can't even believe I can say that now. Cause I'm like just a baby. And I remember I was ready. I was, I was, I, no one could tell me I like knew it. And you just, you laugh like as you get older, cause you can reminisce on like just, 
the just slight naiveness you of think life. You're so grown oh, up you when do. You're 21. Oh, you think you're grown up when you wanted to wear makeup in second grade? Like I've <laughs> been always grown up. I knew. I still feel like probably I know now. And um, yeah, we got married, and I it wasn't marriage was the very beginning of marriage wasn't for us like the unknown of each other's little quirks. Like I'd known him for years at that point, but I think for us it was the bringing together of. Uh, two different ways of life being raised to two different ways and trying to get that into one unit, one like agreeable unit together. And that took some trying. It really did. I think for us, like, and Zach and I, like, we laugh, like we're kind of a little, like we're both a little headstrong. We're both like, we always laugh. Like the joke is that we have to have the talking stick when we're fighting because we just want to tell the opinion. And, <laughs> and so um, we've, we've just like for the last, I'm so grateful for the, to all the time we've had together, like the seven years we've had together without, without, you know, expanding our family um, because it's really allowed us to like really develop our adult relationship into more mature ideals, into more respect for one another, respect for how each other were raised. Like that took me a couple of years to understand that even though it was different than me and at the time I didn't agree with it, that there is some, like he, he was created, like the person that I'm so in love with was created from that, that the way that he was raised. And I have to have respect for that and understand how that comes into our life now. So there was a sense of, I had to be a little, um, swallow some of my pride <laughs> in my relationship. So we, yeah, it was just a quite a few years of just ebb and flow of figuring out each other's little, you know, ways of how we wanted to make our own family. And now that we're, you know, now that we're here seven years later, and I'm sure I'll seven more years, I'll look back and be like, Oh, she thought she knew. She doesn't know. Um, but we we're sitting here now and we're really grateful for, for that effort that we've put in and just the relationship we have now. And we're currently building a home and we're moving into this new home and we're excited for like that chapter of life to come and our little unit to grow. So there's a lot of wisdom. You were just dropping some no, wisdom bombs right there. I am not. Because I think, you know, when you're, when you get married so young, mm -hmm. right? I was really young too. Yeah, I was 21 as well. Yes. Um, you, I think you're so naive that you are a totally different person when you're 21 oh, than when yes. you're, 31 then when you're 41 i mean you you evolve right mm -hmm. your values change the mm -hmm. things that are so dear to you and important change you mm -hmm. learn to let go of things you learn to hold on to other things and you know you're it's interesting you're at seven years of marriage that's mm -hmm. so cute you're so much younger <laughs> than me <laughs> whatever um, but you you're at this point in your life, really, I mean, I can say that mm -hmm. after being married mm -hmm. much longer than you, <laughs> that um, you either grow together or mm -hmm. you grow apart. Mm -hmm. And I feel like seven years is one of those years where you're like, well, okay, yeah. are we growing yeah. together or are we growing apart? Totally. Have you felt that? Oh, totally. Me, Zach and I like, and I, and I like to kind of preface my opinion, like my personality, like I am so transparent. Like I think that it's, refreshing like I do hair for a living right so I love talking to people about just their their experiences because I learn from that so for me like that's important just in the way that I approach every situation but for me like Zach after my because my mom you know passed away two years ago so that was at our five-year mark and my mom had been sick for three of those years so my mom's journey was like a good you know it's a five lot. year a five year journey chunk of your seven years of yes marriage. it was and um like i said mixed with immaturity and life trial um you know after my mom passed away we we kind of looked at each other and we were like where are we now where like where after all of this there's been some neglect of our relationship for for valid reasons it's not that it was 
intentional. It was just the time in the day. There was only so many hours in the day. And um, like I said, mixed with just not the maturity of not knowing how to balance and juggle all of that definitely took our toll on just our, just our, it sounds so simple, but like conversation where you're like, oh, like what happened to our like good laughing bubbly conversation that wasn't so serious all the time and about the bad things. And you know, like you, you lose that sense of like the dating. Cause you were grieving. Yes. For five yes, years. For a long and, time. And still. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of that, we had to look at each other and just say like, okay, where are we and where do we want to go with this? And thankfully, like I have such an incredible husband that I mean, loves me through <laughs> Because I, I'm also self-aware enough to know that like I have my hard things too that are really difficult in my personality that I have to work on constantly. And and we just both were like, we've done this so far. And if we can keep doing, you know, like we we can continue and we can make this great again in a new way. Like in a in a new way. So I think that um yeah, we we essentially like made that decision, like we're gonna put in the most effort we've ever had with now the time that has been given. We need to take that time back for us. And not that it was like I said, taken by an invalid experience, but we had to like reprioritize because it could have easily been, like you said, we could have decided to go the opposite direction and grow apart. And because you have to prioritize that time, you have to, you have to take, I mean, there's only so many hours, right? In the day. So you have to choose which hours are going to be prioritized for you and your spouse. And it has to be an intentional choice. You can't just, you know, uh, expect that to just come by itself with no effort. So, um, that was that was important to us, and we made that choice. And and now that my mom's been gone a couple of years, like we, it, it, I mean, nothing happens overnight. But it's just so refreshing to know, like some of those little pain points that we had, we have a way of handling now, and we have a system like the talking stick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that on. I like the. To- I have the talking stick. I'm I have the a, talking stick. I am. I'm such like a. I'm so like. Oh, but I need you to tell him. I, I need you to hear my opinion right now. And he's like, you, I. I'm not done. I like, have it's a talking that, stick. I have a talking stick, Ashley. I'm like, oh, I just need to tell you now. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's it's. I actually respect. I look back and I have such love and respect for all the hard things and the good things for the last seven years. The heart of the home continues in just a moment. Hey everyone, just letting you know about our accessories collection now on Stag Design Shop. It's growing from candlesticks to rugs to luxurious throws. These items will elevate your home and make great companions to our artwork, pillows, and existing accessories. You can view the new collection for yourself at stagdesignshop.com. That's stag with two G's. There was like such a, almost like a physical shift when your mom Mm -hmm. passed away Mm -hmm. and, and you sort of looked at yourself and your role and your family differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not lost a parent. Talk a little bit about what that experience was like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard. I'm sure it's hard for you to sum up in, in this conversation, what, how that has impacted your life, but Try and describe how that has impacted how you see yourself and your role in your childhood family and also your role in your own family with your husband moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean, I've obviously thought a lot about this and I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, especially just within the nature of my job. I am lucky enough to to meet lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds and we end up in a lot of deep conversations. So it's allowed me to process those things a little bit better. But for me, I... (sighs) I think what has made the biggest shift, it wasn't so much the the loss of my parent, the loss of my mother. It was the way that she chose to handle her specific trial that came her way that has changed 
me forever. It with will, such grace. With such, yeah. And that's the word I would use is grace. And you've heard this. I mean, we've, we've had many a conversations yeah. <laughs> about um, my, my mother and who she was. But for me, like to sum up my mom in like in the most minimal way that I can is that she, she had such an understanding of her life and her purpose and her journey and that her journey was, had come to an end and it was her time and she never had a sense of anger or um, even feeling that something was taken from her. She never felt that her life was taken from her. She felt like she had completed her purpose in this world. And, and she had felt that God knew, knew the whole situation and she had trust. She has such trust in that. And so for me, it allowed me to, I mean, you follow, I don't care how old you are. You follow your parent lead or parent role model lead, whoever that is in your life. And, um, we, I, I feel so grateful that that was her way of handling that because it has allowed a sense of healing for me that I cannot even express in words. And I've also watched other people go through something similar and everyone's process is different. And I have such respect for everyone's process. And I think everyone is doing their best. Um, however, I have seen the difference between my process versus, you know, other people and what they've gone through. And I can pick out those pinpoints of how she handled it and how it's affected me versus maybe how another person and how their person handled that and how it affected them. Right. Like these are chains of events that do affect the way that we process. And I, I feel so grateful for her way of just grace and understanding and life. Like she just, she had such belief in heaven and where she was going and she made it very real for us. Um, like for example, like it was always like, Oh, don't go to my grave. I'm not hanging on my grave. That's so weird. Like I'm, I'm going to be around. Like it's fine. Like she just made it like it wasn't like she wasn't really gonna. It's not like there was this heaven was this place that I didn't know. Like that it was far away and it wasn't familiar. Like it was just like, honey, I'm here. Like I'm just going to be. Like you have. What would she say? She would say, you have to learn how to speak my language. It's just a different language, right? And so, and that's like so resonated with me because, I mean if you plopped me in another country <laughs> I had to speak another language, it would take me a minute to figure out that, like how to communicate. Right. And she just made it so real for me where she's like, honey, you just are going to have to like learn how to speak my language and it's going to be all good. So it was, she's so real to me even now. Like she's not, she's not somewhere else that I don't know. She's, she's here just in a different form. So I, it was all of those things that she instilled in us in that process of, of um, her you know, terminal illness that really changed, I think, the way that we are now. It's a unique situation, I think. Not to say that other people don't have incredible parents that also do similar things, but just for me, it feels unique and I feel grateful for that. And I would have never known her incredible faith unless I watched her go through that. How has this experience with your mom reprioritized things mm. in your life? Oh, I mean... I'll never look at life the same ever. Like I, I mean, who I was really two years ago, it really changes like that last, I think six months of somebody's like, cause she wasn't term. She had a, a, a stint of remission in between that time. So she was only terminal for about 10 months from diagnosis of terminal till she passed away. And it was really from that point. So, you know, about three years so it was that cancer. I changed. It was, can yes, yes. Okay. It was, a, you know, um, adenoid carcinoma, um, a rare form of stomach cancer. And so she was, yes, she was diagnosed with that. And so it was about three years of really just like, oh, okay, this is, this is my reality. This is my life. And, um, 
I I cannot tell you like how much I don't want to know the girl that I was three years ago and the priorities that I had. And I don't mean that in disrespect to who I was at that time, but I I have learned so much about the importance of people and relationships and family and service and love that I can't I I can't take I wouldn't take that back if I tried because I I'm just different. And I, I watched you that. cut out a lot of the crap. I did. <laughs> a lot of the crap a in lot your of the life. Crap. Yeah, literally, like, I mean, little things to big things. I, I, I cut out um, a lot of self-shame that I was dealing with personally um, about, I'm a, like I said, I'm a little type A, like funny things like if my bed wasn't made in the morning, it like really bothered me all it day. It bothers me. Like funny. Yes, it does it. I'm like, <laughs> it's not just me. I'm not sure. Like, I have girlfriends that are like, you're crazy lady. But no, it would bother me. And I feel like it would like make me feel like I, I started my day out on a bad foot and I didn't do that, that checklist thing. And I'll try again tomorrow because you need to have X, Y. Like I, I have a very, like I'm a process person. And I finally was like, no more. Like no more with like, you did not, there's, you didn't have time. There was something else more important, whatever that thing was. And it is fine that your house is a mess and that your bed is not made and your car has garbage from last week and McDonald's in the backseat. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I had to like drop that, the, the guilt and the shame over little processes that I had. I also had to unfortunately cut out <laughs> some toxic relationships that I had. And um, not to say like I was cutting people off because I feel like that's a little unnecessary, but I think I'm probably, I very much am very particular and strategic about who I spend my sentimental time with. And those relationships and those people that are in that circle for me are my, they are my number one. And it's so important to me that they know that and they feel that and, and I have to show up. And so just little things, I, I had to cut it out. You have to cut it out. And I think everyone, I don't think it should, unfortunately, I don't think it should take an experience like a hard trial in your life for you to realize that. I think you need to realize that your time is valuable and that you as a person are valuable and you don't have to be toxic or ill to, to others in order to prioritize that for yourself, but you can, you should. So I, I think that that's something that I've realized that it shouldn't take that to, to do that for yourself. You and your husband are launching into a great adventure, a new home. Yes. <laughs> it is looking beautiful. You're so sweet. Oh my gosh, it's looking Thank so you. beautiful. Do you feel like this is a fresh new chapter? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've talked about that. My husband more than anything. So I, we lived in our town home for our whole marriage. And it was we, beautiful. I loved it. It was cute and quaint and I loved it. And it was in a great part of where we had grown up. Like it was really close to everything that we, we knew. And, um, my husband really pushed for like something new. And I was a little resistant at first. I was like, I mean, it's just the two of us. Like we don't need more space. That's not the point. But he was like, I think we need a fresh start. And I, I think I was resistant for a handful of reasons. I think I was resistant because that's a big financial jump. Number one, hi for anybody. Number two, I think that uh, my mom dwelled within that house and I was having a hard time realizing that in this new house physically in the way that I know her would, she would not be there. And I've changed now. I've now since had some come to Jesus with that. And that's not really as literal as I've made it. Um, and she will dwell within that house. And, and so there were just some things that were holding me back and he really pushed me to, to make this decision. And I am so grateful because I really do think it's what we needed. I think that there was a lot of growth in that house and I will, always love that townhome, but I think we were ready. We were ready for something new and exciting and fresh and just us. And also like more mature us, like not um, 
just grown into ourselves, grown into our careers, grown into our opinions and our minds. And I think that that will show within this home. And I hope to create this home to be um, everything I've ever dreamed of for me and my future family. And I just... I'm excited. I really am so excited. Right now, I'm a little tired. <laughs> About this point in this build process, I'm like, was this a good idea? This was a horrible idea. But no, I'm, 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 I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm so excited. What is your favorite part of the house? Oh, so uh, we, we built this monster deck. <laughs> it actually is like, I think people are like, whoa, <laughs> you, you could have like made your kitchen bigger, your family room bigger. However, I am like an indoor-outdoor living kind of gal. I grew up, my parents have a pool and I realized very early how lucky I was that I had that. And I, I could live outside like in those summer months and in like those kind of like brisk cold evenings. Like I just, I love it. I love a fire pit. I love a above ground hot tub. I love, I like literally, I'm like, I told Zach, I'm like, that's a priority over bar stools. No, it's the Uh, the best. It is the best. We got a hot tub. I bought John a hot tub for his 40th birthday. And let me tell you, you're like, it's my hot tub. It is the best. (laughs) I know. So little things like just anything on that, on that, you know, spectrum. So, uh, this, I'm super excited for this deck. We've, my whole life, we've always had brunch on Sundays in my dad's house on his deck. And, um, I want like a little living space out there and just summer night. Like I have these like visions of like summer nights and our kids, you know, our future kids playing in the backyard and, and yeah, just all the things that I love about that. And so ironically, like it's not even the house, it's the outside of the back of the deck of the house that I'm so excited about. So we always talk in our design firm about what the heart of the home is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people automatically think, oh, it's the kitchen, but no. it's not no, always not the kitchen, always. right? Yeah. Like for some families, it's yeah. an outdoor space yes. or it's a main retreat or mm-hmm. it's, you know, mm-hmm. a pr- the primary bedroom. It's mm-hmm. not always the kitchen. No, and and yeah. so I love hearing from you that no, it is the outdoor spaces. Mm-hmm. No, it totally is. And I think that we chose to like make that a priority in our budgeting because it, you know, like you have to choose. Like it's not, I mean, maybe some people don't have to choose. I got to choose. And I got to so, choose, girl. I got to choose. <laughs> so um, I, I, that was so important to us. And some people were like, I mean, some people that don't feel that same way about indoor, outdoor living. Um, they're like, wait, this is, are you this is like a big, you know, section of your budget. And I'm like, it just is like where I want to be with my family. And I also like as my, um, I don't, I don't know if my dad will always live in that house that I grew up in. And I mean, for good reason. I mean, like he's got no kids in this, this house with, you know, no kids in it full time (laughs) makes for a really good gathering for sure. So maybe that won't be the case, but I hope to have that continuance of tradition, like of the brunch and the hangout. And I want, and like, we were laughing, like, um, we had some friends because we, we we did two dishwashers. We did. And um, people were like, why? That's very excessive. I'm like, girl, I want all the people. Entertaining. I know. I'm like, I want all the people. And and I know it sounds so funny because it's just the two of us right now. And I hope that's not always going to be the case. Like, I want us to grow and be, you know, all the family. But I'm like, I want I want my house to be all the people. And I don't want people doing dishes over my house. I want people to come over and I want them to eat and I want them to throw that in that double dishwasher. And I want you to come back out and hang out. Like, it's like this thing. Like I have this like process to like what I want for my, for like the gathering of my home. And I want all the people, all the people, all the food. I love that so much. So as as excessive as it sounds, I needed two dishwasher. You do. I did. (laughs) Well, I cannot wait to see it. Thank you. Um, You know, kind of my last question for you again, goes back to your mom, but Mm -hmm. What do you think your mom would would say to you looking at the woman that you are now and also 
the new phase that you're about to go in. Like if you could welcome her into your new home mm-hmm. and have a conversation with her, what would that look like? Oh, my mom's like, she's just somebody to be. Oh, she's so proud of her kids. Like she's just, she was never critical. Like, I, I mean, I could go on for lots of different segues of different parts of my upbringing and how she was but my mom if I had to never critical never critical of us never critical of me or my mistakes or my or even my you know achievements like it was always just acceptance of and just pride for her kids and so proud of us and and I think that you worry about your kids like my dad always is like my biggest blessing that anybody could ever give me would be self-efficient children that I knew could provide for themselves and their family because I just think you worry about, you always worry about your kids. My grandpa says that about his own children, you know, and, and you want the best for your kids. And so I think for her, like to see us establish ourselves in a home, in a neighborhood with friends and children and, um, you know, future children, like, I think she would just be so proud of like knowing that like she was a part of creating that. She is a part of creating that for me and how I've got here, my work ethic, my, I mean, there's so many things to go that go into a home right? Like the, the, the feeling, the, the building of a home. And I think that she would be just, I don't know exactly what she would say, but it would just be, I don't know if she would say a ton. Like she's kind of a woman, a few words, but it was just like this sense of love of, of, and, and never, I don't know. I just, I think that she would just want to be there and she would always be there. Like, and that's why I'm like, and that's why I say that she, you know, I had to move on past that concept of physically her being in certain spaces or not but I think she'll dwell within that home because I will make it so that way with you know her legacy and who she was and my kids will know of her and my family and my friends know of her and now all of whoever's listening to this podcast hopefully can draw something from this story like it's all about like someone's legacy is so much more than them physically it's it's what people continue on and bring from them and what they have taught it just continues it continues they continue and so i i know that in my home she will continue and it will be a part of our life going forward and she will continue to um change me every day so oh it was such a pleasure it was, thank you I, you. <laughs> you are wise beyond your years will, you young thing <laughs> you're really nice i don't think so but if i had to give someone any credit it would be my parents so we'll give that to them and i yeah, I'm lucky to have wise parents. So where can people find you? Oh, you can find me. Uh, so I most of my on social I have. So I've got my hair and makeup and that is on Sly Beauty Makeup, uh, like t- handle. And then my my company that I was talking about, my cosmetic company is Sly Beauty Cosmetics on uh, Instagram. So you can find me there or you can DM me and we can be friends in real life. So it's fine. She's a good friend in real life, people. (laughs) I Um, I love all the friends. And let me just put one more plug in for your ever need. Please. Literally, Mother's Day is coming. It is. It is the perfect gift for Mother's Day. Thank you. And we do we do a really great Mother's Day sell. And we actually, it's all in honor, honor of my mother, actually. And um, this year we're doing, we have a little Horizon Duo. It's a little duo pack, um, kind of just basic anything you want to put in their cosmetic bag. It's a little smaller than our ever need. And we're doing it in yellow. And my mom's color is yellow. So we're doing a little, you know, tribute to her and it will be really sweet. And so, yeah, I'm excited. Mother's Day. Yeah. Get, get your moms something special that they will love and appreciate it. And it's not even the gift. It's the act. It's the act of thinking of your, of your people, your mother figure, your grandma, your aunts, your uncles, your friends. It's, it's, I love giving. So 
I think. Thank you for that. I'll take that plug all day. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. I love you dearly. Love you. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.